All right. Well, we're back. So uh, welcome back to Table Talk. Um, through the miracle of digital editing, we all are right back here. Hey, yeah. we're in the same shirt it's and everything. It's the only one I have. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is a Table Talk where you guys are invited to join us in a conversation about um, all sorts of things, so from uh, just community to education. This is really a reflection of life at um, Landmark Christian School, and uh, you're invited to join us in the conversation. And so we left off last time talking a little bit about what it means to teach from a distinctly Christian worldview. Um, this time, just let's try to apply that here. So what makes a, a Landmark education different? Well, uh, I think what we talked about last time is education is it's, it's God's language anyway. He wants us to learn. He, everything, uh, I think Mr. Wilson's class, it's uh, you know, the handwriting of God is mathematics. I mean, so no matter where you're at, uh, you're still teaching those things. But uh, what is the emphasis on and where do we point everything back? And, and so for, uh, for us and being a Christian school, everything has got to go back and point to who God is, why, it, what is his passion for us, and, and how does he live for death. And then that gives meaning for every area uh, of, uh, of our thing. And then as kids have different passions, uh, you can point back where well, that passion came from God. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's just, it's not your passion. It's something that he's even started in him. And then that's where you can help direct and guide. I mean, and that's the exciting part right. of it. And so in doing that, in terms of trying to point them to Christ through all things, and then also tap into the passions that they have, um, here at Landmark, one of the things that we've talked a lot about, you know, in terms of our academics, is this concept that we want our education to be rich, relevant, and rewarding. And so, um, just maybe Matt, can you jump into that? Yeah. I know I've talked about that a lot. Maybe. Yeah. Well, um, um, so Charlotte Mason was a, a 19th century educator, and she famously said, "We don't want to we don't want to give our students twaddle." That was her word. Twaddle, word. Like, uh, twaddle literature, I've twaddle never, experiences. I've never used that word. Well, it's, and she I'll, meant. The, I'll put a I'll put a dictionary definition. Yeah, please. Twaddle. Show yeah. Notes, twaddle. It's a great word, but she meant this sort of flimsy. You know, it doesn't. It's not really guided anywhere. It's just busy work, or it's fluff, or it's really watered down, or something. And she was meaning that we need to give our students rich experiences, rich stories uh, that go straight down to the bone. You know, stories about heroes stories about uh, good conquering evil, but also experiences out in the world that are rich. Mm -hmm. And so for Landmark, we've adopted that word as the first word that you mentioned to not just, uh, I'm an English teacher, so a rich text or a rich story certainly comes to mind, but also just rich lessons where uh, information is presented certainly, but it is presented um, with depth, with application, with good questions leading it, that every experience that Lamarck provides on the field, in the classroom, wherever, was well crafted. It, was, it goes far, uh, like Lewis says, it goes further up and further in than your average experience. And so a rich education, I think, is a loaded term, but it implies everything that we provide for our students, all the ways in which we guide them, have meaning to them, they have deep resonances to them that are long term and lasting, which is the second word you said is relevant, it's an education that can transfer. So if you're teaching a, a student plot devices, 
that has application to a story, but there's a, a way you can do it where it's a cul-de-sac, where why are we learning this? Well, because it's on your test, that's why. And students see right through that, and they should. But a, a relevant education would be one that gives them skills, it gives them virtues, it gives them habits of mind, habits of thought, it gives them loves and desires that they transfer. So if I'm teaching about uh, loyalty in some epic, where uh, look at these heroes, look at these soldiers, that they are loyal, there's a code of brotherhood there, then you can say, well, does loyalty matter beyond just this story? Is loyalty going to matter when you're married? Is loyalty going to matter down the road? And what you've learned in a classroom setting now has relevance beyond the test or the essay. And you're able to then connect that to real world things in terms of their life and their future right. experiences and relationships, mm -hmm. but then also in terms of um, the broader cultural conversation. Right. Like you might even be able to ask a question using your example of loyalty. Well, what are then the implications regarding what's going on within the White House? Right. Currently, you know, all of those sorts right. of things, or what's going, what about in terms of what's happening within particular relationships within teams and, and yeah. all sorts of things that are going on within our culture. And that makes a kind of mind that is able to go from here to there right. quickly. That you're able to say, it's like metaphor, this is like that. Mm -hmm. That you're good at taking something in front of you and then bringing in either previous encounters with other seemingly unrelated things, but then also saying, well, how is this like? this particular biblical truth. Mm -hmm. What does the Bible have to say about this? So they learn to go here to comment on what's there. Yeah, as we yeah. talked about the other day, is this, and it ruins, it ruins the kids the, for what the world has to offer right. because they can look at that and say, right. no, this is what it really is, and right. be able to do that. And uh, that's what we talked about the other right. day. We want students that cannot watch a commercial yes. without that saying, what are they trying to sell me? Yes. What's their, what worldview am I being presented yeah. with? Mm -hmm. ah. Yeah, and then kids get first. Thanks, Landmark. Yeah, yeah, you just ruined yeah. me. All right, yes, absolutely. Praise God. And so I was having this conversation with uh, Dennis Wilson the other day, and um, phenomenal math teacher, probably one of the best in the world oh, yeah. at what he does. But we're just having this conversation. And I asked him this question: What makes a great math question? Like, how do you engage that sort of learning within your classroom um, in terms of the pedagogy? And he, without taking much time with it, he said, "The ones the students ask." Oh, yeah. You know, which is, I think, such a profound answer. I was waiting on a big, big question that you didn't want to have. I'm one of the kids. And then, see, already, for so, me, it's like, ah, oh, yes, right. right. And doesn't that, that sort sense. of flip it? Yes. You know, and I think that that's such a great insight. Yeah. To, and it's exactly what we're talking about when we're, we're talking about this idea of having it being rich or relevant. Yeah. You know, right. they're able to take it with them. It's something that they are they they pursuing. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the last one, the rich, the relevant, and then the rewarding. Yeah. You know, rewarding within our society, we might think about, you know, college prep, so we're going to a certain college. Or we might think about it in terms of grades or SAT scores or down the line success in a career and all this sort of stuff. That's kind of how our culture defines what would be rewarding. We define it radically differently, yeah. right? I mean, we're looking at it in terms of this concept of desire the greater reward. Yeah. And within that idea of desire the greater reward, we're talking about pursuing Christ. We're talking about having them being, as you said, ruined for the world, right? That they are looking at the world and looking at their priorities through a different lens, through this lens of the kingdom. And so um, a lot of that entails them, as you said earlier, being raised up in virtue. Right. So how do we cultivate that? How do we actually practically do that and cultivate that in our students? Well, one thing you mentioned uh, a lot of schools like to claim 
that their curriculum and what they offer is rigorous. Mm-hmm. They like that word. Mm-hmm. And it, I know what they're going after. They want to prove that they are worth the money of tuition or they're worth your investment or whatever. But rewarding implies hard work, but not as an end in itself. Rigorous, you could say rigorous, why? Right. Say so because. This idea of rigorous actually maybe rightfully seen right. as this idea of sustained effort towards a worthwhile pursuit, yes. right? Something that's worth it. It's worth it, right. Because rigor, you can have a rigorous effort toward a meaningless end. Right, right. that's, yeah. I, there's a word for that, yeah. torture. Yeah. Yeah. Rigor is what happens when you're dead. Yes, <laughs> you know, rigor works, like, yeah. yeah. so, so rigor is great if it's applied toward a goal, that you have an end right. in mind. Rewarding implies an end, right? That yes, we want you to work hard. We want to provide challenge, a cut above, and here's why. There's a great reward at the end to incentivize us, to promote, and back to your question about virtue. Virtue is built on this idea that humans are innate desirers, that we desire. That is, C.S. Lewis says, that is in our instinct. That is what we are. We desire things, and which is why we are worshiping creatures. And so if you say, okay, now let's Discipline your desires. Let's put the put your loves in order and arrange the things. Desire this more than this. Good. Now desire this more than that. You are creating the kind of person who is able to navigate a very complex world from the heart and not just from a hyper rational or hyper logical. I've memorized a lot of facts, therefore I'm educated. You've you've created a person with a chest. Lewis says a person with their humanity intact. They have a heart that can feel. And so. One of the things we're doing in the English department, we're working toward, that we've talked about, uh, is trying to have virtue formation built into the educational experience in our English department, where it's not a spiritual trait that we hope they pick up, but it's actually one that is guiding everything we're doing in our English classes, uh, where you take the seven virtues, uh, the four classical virtues of temperance, courage, wisdom, and justice, and you take the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, and have all seven of those be the cornerstones on which we base the units of our English classes. So now, all the poetry, all the stories, all of the lessons, all the questions are taking worldview, a big idea thought, who is God? What is our role as men? How do we know we're saved? What is our purpose? And then applying them to a great rich story, not twaddle, Mm -hmm. and then say, okay, how does this help us see a particular virtue more clearly? And so the time we send our students out into the world, prepared to impact the world for Jesus Christ, they are saints. They are humans first that have been formed rather than just informed. There's a massive difference. So they'll be prepared to pursue what is right because they'll know how to ascertain what is right. And they'll love it. They'll love it. They'll seek it. And they'll have the courage and the self-discipline to pursue it. And they'll be able to do so in love. You know, this right. who would bring, say the greatest of all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. weaving together all of these virtues and um, weaving them throughout the curriculum, right. and so that by the time that hopefully they go through, they are these men with chests, yes. these men and women with chests right. as they go forward. Yeah, it's awesome. James Smith says, "What if education isn't first and foremost about what we know, but about what we love?" Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. Not just students who know what is right, but love what is right. Mm-hmm. They don't just know what's true; they love truth. And then they can apply that to law, medicine, business, whatever they go do, they will do it as a man or woman of God. So then what's the implication then if if that's what we want, 
then what is the implication then for the conversations that happen at home, maybe around the dinner table, maybe around um, you know, some particular assignments or when there are some challenges in school or, you know, how, how is there then that connection to what we're talking about in terms of virtue here to then what goes on at home? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, I think the biggest thing is, is this giving, giving us all, since our conversations, it's just around this, you know, around the table and uh, at camp or in the hallways or at lunch, um, it has really helped me first to really pour in every conversation I have with just not my daughter Gracie but with okay I got two granddaughters coming up mm -hmm. I, I got I got a, um, uh, a first uh, a son-in-law and a daughter older that every conversation is now I, I'm starting to go okay Lord what do you have so sometimes I might not have all the answers but I'm going okay father okay where do you want me to go with that so it's just changed my paradigm that every conversation could be that would be thick and meaningful and not, uh, what's the word? Twaddle. Yeah, yeah, okay, I was gonna say throttle, but that's my West Virginia accent, all right? So, but, but that's, that's what has encouraged me. Okay, there, there is a purpose to walk and wander in the woods. There is a purpose as we go and do these things. So around the table, it's just like, okay, what is it? And I think that's a great question. It is, you know, is, okay, what is it? And then begin to dig in even further in. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that I find quite often uh, when I speak with students and when I speak with parents, there's often a very different perception about what is valued. And um, it, it's interesting when I ask students often, what do your, what do your parents want like, out of your education? What, what do they value? A lot of times the response that I get from students is, well, you know, they want me to get these certain grades and they want me to have these certain classes and to get into a certain school, all of those sorts of things. And a, a lot of our students often feel this immense pressure to have those indicators of success and, and whatever, however we want to define that. And so that's what they're pulling in. But it's interesting when I talk with the parents about that and say, what do you want for your kids? Quite often, yeah. what they say is, I want the kids to find what they love. I want them to chase Christ. I want them to become full-bodied people. I want them to have a rich life. I want that for them. And honestly, I don't really care that much about all those other things. Those other things are kind of that, maybe that means to an end. But it's interesting how there's this um, disjuncture, you know, between the conversation. And so what I would say is I would have just encouraged the conversation around the dinner table, oh, yeah. maybe to be overtly, hey, listen, these are the things that we really value yeah. and to be able to list out what we prioritize and we're able to do that in a community mm -hmm. and I think that there's opportunity for us even as a school within our classrooms for our teachers to be able to have conversations with that for us to be able to um, with some of our practices to be able to lay out what it is that we really emphasize maybe and I don't know where this is going. I'm just kind of talking off the yeah. cuff here, but like, but like maybe like, maybe like most that, time we do right. right. But like maybe that means that we change the way that we grade. Maybe that means that we change the way that we assess. Maybe that means that we put different weights and emphasis on things. Maybe that changes the way that we do homework and assign homework. Maybe it changes that whole system of what we celebrate, because for whatever reason, maybe it's our fault. Certainly, I would say that there's. A big part of it that is our fault as educators yeah. but there's this there's this miss 
that is happening between what students are often seeing as being what is valued and important and then what the people who love them and care about them say is actually important. And so somewhere we need to change that alignment. Amen. And I think the same thing happens with teachers and students. Okay, well, Mr. Huff's, oh man, he expects me to get this and this, this, this. No, that's not. It's virtue. It's, right. it's what's real. And so sometimes that's even disconnect that we even have. We just got to have conversations. Yeah. There's this myth, too, of, of the high school experience of, you know, late nights, uh, pouring over a paper and getting up early and, and all of a sudden. And then you think, yeah. Does it have to be that way? Right. Some, some of our students who are yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that well, true? Myth. That's my life. That right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, then you want to say, well, okay, why is that still around? Is that right. is that absolutely necessary? Right. Or is that just something that's always been, yeah. and therefore it's just become tradition and sacrosanct? You're not allowed to touch it. Students need to limp out of here. You know. But, and I think, well, why? Well, they don't do that with their passions. You yeah. see the same kid out here running on the track bending over backwards trying to get a faster time, and he's working very hard because he has a goal that he has bought into. And then you think, well, but that's what we want in school, isn't it? We want them to work hard toward a goal that they fuel themselves. Mm -hmm. But then you think there is this disjuncture where at school it's certainly a labor, but it's one that they don't, why am I, right. why am I doing this worksheet and why am I learning these things? I don't, that goes back to the reward. Yeah. Maybe we haven't clarified yeah. what the reward is and how great it is in order to incentivize hard work and discipline. Yeah. And but maybe we've even institutionalized some processes and systems that actually go against right. what we're trying to right. get. Right. So. Well, this is not a stranger, even between our relationship with Christ, you know. My burden is, you know, my burden is like my yoke is easy. Right. No, no it's not. It's hard. No, what's the disconnect even there with the Father? You know, that we even still have that conversation you know, with him and feel the same way. And right. uh, that's going to the deep, you know, of it as well. So man, that's, this is great. Absolutely. Have a conversation. See that's what's it. going on. Yeah. That's it. Invite to have a conversation. Yeah. We need to we need to wrap it up for today. Yeah. Uh, but man, good stuff today, guys. Have a conversation. All right.